If you're ready for the word of the Lord, would you open up your Bibles tonight with me or direct your attention to the screens? If you didn't bring a Bible tonight, we'll forgive you. Uh, But it's good to have one somewhere on something, an iPad, a phone or something. Just get a Bible on there. Read it. I listen to it a lot. I, I like to I like to let it play and so I can hear it. So I want you to start with 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12, we're continuing our Unwrapping Your Spiritual Gifts uh, series tonight. And uh, I would like to direct your attention now, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 25, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. And God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversities of tongues, Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but covet earnestly the best gifts. Everyone say covet. Say covet earnestly. But covet earnestly the best gifts. And yet I show unto you a more excellent Way And this opens up chapter 13, which is uh, probably one of the most famous chapters in the Bible, which we call the love chapter. And that's the most excellent way, the way of love. But there is a key principle here that we're honing in on. Covet earnestly the best gifts. Now let's go to the book of Romans chapter number one. Romans chapter number one. And then he says here. In verse number nine, for God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing, I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request. If by any means now at length, I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. For I long to see you that I may impart everyone say impart that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end that ye may be established. That is, that I, may come, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. And one more reading in 2 Timothy chapter number 2. Again, all of these writings are by Paul, so they do dovetail together. 2 Timothy, excuse me, chapter number 1. And for the sake of time, uh, verse number five, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee, notice, by the putting on of my hands. By the putting on of my hands. Verse number seven, for God hath not given us The spirit of fear, say it together with me, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 
I'm going to talk to you on this aspect tonight, the principle or the law of impartation. The law of impartation. Let's pray together. Father, bless your word tonight. We pray in the name of Jesus that we would be directed into the will of God through these teachings that come from your word about apostolic practices. We ask you, Lord Jesus, tonight that you would uh, cause us to be understanding, that you'd cause us to have insight from your word. We bind every resisting spirit in Jesus' name. We pray your perfect will would be done. Everybody say, in Jesus' name. And turn around to at least three people and say, I just bless you tonight. And then you may be seated. In Paul's discourse to the Corinthians, there was obvious, obviously a lot of things that needed to be addressed. And there was a lot of spiritual gifts that were going on. But the Bible says in chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians, I don't write to you as spiritual, but I write to you as carnal. And so I would wonder if this was his book to them when they were carnal, what would he write if they were spiritual? But when we look at this, he is. Where I'm actually thankful that they had some issues because it gives us tremendous insight because he goes into a lot of detail that maybe would not have been gone into had they exercised and functioned as they should have and functioned normally. So uh, their uh, misappropriation of gifts is to our advantage. God turns everything for good. The answer to, di- to misuse of spiritual gifts is not disuse. The answer to wrong use is right use. So we have to teach about it. He said concerning spiritual gifts, I would not have you ignorant. But I want to take another step in that process tonight and help you to know that there's only so much teaching I can do until you discover what your gift is. Gifts are not really taught they're caught. The explanation comes after you have started to function just a little bit in your gift, or you begin to be aware of what your gift is. Then you find someone that is beyond where you are, that is mastery, that has, has come into mastery in these areas, and then they can teach you and you can progress a whole lot faster. But God's principle of how gifts are, are, are transmitted in the body or how gifts are caught in the body, is the same principle that he used from the foundation of the world in creation. And the Bible says plainly in Romans chapter 1, the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So everything that is visible, everyone say, everything visible tells us about what is invisible. So everything that he made from the creation of the world was reflecting something that was going on in the spiritual dimension. So when he made a tree, there was a motive behind making a tree. He made that tree with a seed in its fruit. And he said it was, it was a fruit-yielding tree whose seed was in itself. Why? He built multiplication into the tree. So his creative energy would be stored inside of the tree that he created. 
It is a reflection of how God is. That God himself is a creator. So anything that has life has ability to reproduce itself. Because God can reproduce. God made man and he blessed him. And he said, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. He put the ability to reproduce in human beings. And so you and I understand that this is how we get 7 billion people on a planet is because what God put in us works really well. Our ability to reproduce is pretty strong as human beings because we are made in the image and the likeness of God. This is a reflection of something spiritual. So when you look at the text here, it says covet earnestly the best gifts. Covet. The word covet. Everyone say covet. Well, I thought the Ten Commandments, one of the Ten Commandments was, thou shalt not covet. And so if I'm not supposed to covet, then why is it okay in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians for us to covet? Now here's the principle, the spiritual principle. Is that we receive impartation based upon desire. If you don't have a desire for it, you're not going to get it. If you don't want that orange tree to reproduce, another orange tree, probably going to be a lot of oranges eaten, but there's usually going to just be one tree. It has to be intentional for those seeds to work. Otherwise, it's just something that's in your way while you're peeling the orange, while you're trying to eat it. Okay? And it's the same thing that happens. A lot of people are content to watch somebody else's gift operate. We watch somebody else's ministry produce fruit. We benefit from the fruit of their ministry. But then you'll watch a gift operate. And something in you starts to leap. Something in you goes, wow, I want to do that. I want to be like that. And so because that's how you are leaning in your spiritual self, because that's what God wants to do in your life, that's how he kind of directs you. You get exposed to people that have these gifts that you're naturally leaning towards. Does this make sense? And so he says, covet them. Why is it okay to covet those gifts? Because it doesn't diminish the person that has the gift for you to receive their gift. It doesn't take away from the orange tree for there to be more orange trees. It doesn't take away from people that are prophetic for there to be more prophetic people. Matter of fact, uh, that prophetic person is probably pretty lonely because prophetic people often are misunderstood. And so if there's more prophetic people around, there's more chances that there'll be more understanding of how the prophetic operates because there's more prophetic people. God took from Moses his spirit was refined in the presence of God. God took a portion of Moses' spirit and put it on the 70. And they all prophesied. And because they all prophesied, the elders thought this was taking away from Moses. And Moses said, no, I would that all God's people were prophets. I would they all would prophesy. And so God wants us all to accelerate and to move forward in spiritual gifts. What did Paul say to the church of Rome? 
He said, I want to get to you. I'm praying that I can finally have a prosperous journey to get to Rome. Been lots of things that have kept me from coming, but I want to get there again. Why? Because I want to impart a spiritual gift to you. I know there's some areas in your faith that are still lacking. I know there are some areas of ministry that are still lacking. I know there's still parts of the body that are not developed and cultivated yet. You're already doing great things. He says, in the, if you continue reading, that their faith is heard of all around the world. And yet, a church that had faith that could have a worldwide influence still needed to have some more establishing of themselves. They still needed more ability to minister. They still needed the demonstration of the Spirit of God with power. They still needed more gifts. And so, folks... Regardless of how much God has already done, regardless of how much influence our churches already have and being heard all, all around the world, there is a, an intention in the mind of God that we would come behind in no gift, that there would not be anything lacking in our faith. But every aspect of ministry would be realized in our church. reason why I'm talking about unwrapping your spiritual gifts is because... God wants you to be used. God has a place for you to serve in the body of Christ. The reason why I'm starting a class that's going to meet once a month on us on Saturdays, mostly Saturdays, uh, is because I want to uh, take people that already feel a leaning towards ministry and a leaning towards gifting, that God would be able to develop them and take them to the next level. And we will have a culture of developing leaders, developing people of ministry, people that know how to pray, people that know how to intercede, people that know how to cast out devils if needed, that people know how to pray for the sick, that people know how to share faith, that people know how to supply that which every, every part of the body needs. And so the Bible says that we're all members in particular. Every single one of us has a, has a role to play. And so we're all joined together. We have, we have something that each of us is supposed to supply to the body of Christ. We, we have a, des, a, a divine design. And so, so this is the will of God that you would find a place to serve in the body of Christ. If you just come and you just come and sit in the church service, that's fine. Soak as long as you need to soak. I mean, you know, get established as long as you need to get established. But at some point in your journey here, you need to find out what your gift is and you need to start using it. Because that's when you'll really be fulfilled in your walk with God. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. That's not just a nice thing to say around offering time. That's something that God really means in His Word. That there is a greater blessing in pouring out than there is in, in, in bringing in. There is a blessing to receive. I love to receive something from God. But when I receive something from God, I'm always thinking about the next time I can be used and how I can be more effective. And so what are you talking to me about? What are you speaking to me about? What I receive from God most of the time is helping me hone my gift or helping me be better at my calling or, or, or be more effective in the way that I pour out. And so this is the ultimate, is that you will find a place 
of service. And when you do that thing that God has called you to do, that's when the smile comes on your face. That's when you get excited to come to church. That's when you get excited to do your ministry. And not all of it happens inside the building. There's a lot of ministry that, that happens outside the church. And our ultimate goal is that we, that we have the majority of our ministry that happens through the week. And that it happens on a daily basis. That we will be a daily church that's ministering in our community so that we can have people daily brought into the body of Christ such as should be saved. That's the will of God. That's the desire of God for us. And uh, one, of my, one of my mentors in spiritual gifts taught me that you perfect your gift outside the church and then you bring it into the church. And so uh, a classic example, my dad was with this man. He was a preacher. And uh, he was going to be having a service in which he was going to be ministering. And it was announced, you know, that this man was used in the gifts of the Spirit. So come expecting, you know, from God. And so my dad's job was to was to pick him up in the afternoon and make sure he had a meal and then make sure he was there on time for the service, etc. And so, so this is what, this is what uh, happens. He picks him up. He says, I want you to pick me up around 4 o'clock. So he picks him up. I think it was around 4. And uh, he says, where do you want to go? He says, just take me to some place where there's people. Uh, where there's people. How about the grocery store? He said, that works. What are you going to do? He said, I'm just, you know, kind of... Just gonna hone my gifts tonight. I'm just gonna focus, you know. Just gonna, gonna watch. Okay, so they just stood there while people were coming and going out of the grocery store, and he was just watching them back and forth, just watching them. Finally, said, "Let's go. Let's go inside." So they went inside, and and he just started walking through the through the aisles in the grocery store, and he sees a man, and uh, he walks up to him, and immediately the Lord just starts showing him things. My dad, my dad's there standing with him. He said. He said, uh, you ready to get rid of that emphysema, Pop? And the, the older gentleman looked at him and he said, <coughs> yeah, yeah. He said, uh, you're down from two packs to a pack and a half, but you're, you still need to quit, don't you? He said, yeah, yeah, I'm down to a pack and a half. He says, uh, well, I'm really trying to quit. He said, you know, the Lord would like to help you quit smoking right now. Would you like to quit smoking? And would you like the Lord to heal those lungs? He goes, well, yeah. He said, would you mind if I just prayed for you right here? You know, I don't know, next to the Cheerios, I don't know, wherever he was. And he said, I don't mind at all. And he prayed for him, and the guy starts crying, and they lay hands on him, and he gets healed right there in the middle of the grocery store. My dad's all excited. He's smiling because my dad's always, you know, he's always up for, for prayer anywhere. And and he was all excited. And all of a sudden, here comes a lady around the corner, and she sees my dad. And she goes, are you Bill Sisko? And he says, yes, I am. He goes, she, she says to him, you cast the devil out of me uh, eight years ago. And uh, she goes, I need some help again. And so here they are in the middle of the, of the row. And my dad's laying hands on her in the name of Jesus, you know. And they start, they're just walking through the grocery store. I don't know if it's grocery store ministry day. I don't know what it was, but there were several people that they ministered to. Right there in the grocery store, and all of them got healed, and then they invite them to the meeting. Well, what do you expect? I mean, the place is full when you hear reports like that. Because the ministry was flowing out where the people were. You know, the Bible says that they were on their way to prayer when they saw the man who couldn't go into the temple because he was lame. And on their way to prayer, they saw the crippled man laying by the gate beautiful. 
such as I have given by thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he jumped up, leaping and dancing, and came into the temple and shouting and praising God. And this is when 5,000 men were brought into the church. Why? Because it was a miracle in the street, not just a miracle in the temple. And everybody knew who that man was. I would like to see things like this happen where we could see in our community around where we are ministering to people and visiting people and talking to people and God directing us. But it takes a highly honed gift, a mature gift for you to have that much boldness and not make a fool out of yourself in the process. And so this is where we, where we learn, where, where God wants us to, to allow the Spirit of God to operate. Now, there's another girl that I trained when I was a, a youth pastor. And uh, I trained her every day. We, we spent about six weeks uh, together there. I was an interim youth pastor. And she was so hungry. Her and several of her friends, we would spend a lot of time together. I'd meet with them every day. And she, her and her friend especially were, were very hungry for the spiritual gifts. And she started praying. And she started being used of God. And she watched how I, how I operated. And I was very focused on developing spiritual gifts at that time. So that was, what, that was all I thought about. And so she was asking me all these questions and then the gifts would start operating and it was amazing how it happened. And she went from that experience of being mentored and catching things in the spirit from me and I caught things from other people and just passed them on down the line, you know. And, and as, I, as, as I saw her develop, she got her doctorate in sociology. She gets paid big money uh, to sit down and somebody can sit down and tell them their problems. She has like a 75% uh, recovery rate as a counselor. That's unheard of. Usually it's somewhere in the 15% range. But what she does, she said, well, my secret is I get paid to operate in spiritual gifts all day long. Because she'll sit down and God will whisper in her ear, the real problem's not this, it's this. And the word of wisdom will tell her, ask them this question. And before long, they'll start talking, well, you, what you really came in here to talk about is not your husband, it's really your sister. And what your sister did to you, <laughs> oh, I can do that. I guess that's just your skills and stuff, but man, that's true. You know? And she just, just like that, she would discern and she would see things. And so they didn't know it was spiritual gifts. It was something that was God was just flowing through her. What I'm telling you is that they're very proud practical applications for spiritual gifts in your life. And it's not all just what happens when we're at church. Does that make sense? And this is what God wants you to do. And sometimes it's very practical. It's not hooky spooky. Sometimes you're sitting at a dinner table. Sometimes you're at a lunch or sometimes it's just, I need to know about this Lord. What do I do? How do I respond to this? And it's just a little nudge. It's just a little, a little insight. It's just a little, a little impression. And that little impression can make a huge difference in your life. So what happens when you see gifts in operation? Covet those gifts. God says it's okay because God wants you to receive that gift. You may have heard this illustration before, but it bears repeating. What kind of gift you have is reflected a lot of times. And it can be in the same setting where there would be multiple gifts that would be, that would be manifested. And you, whatever gift you have, that's what you hone in on. If you're an administrator... You go into a big conference, 
You walk into that conference, you go, man, how did they get all this done? I mean, where's their list? I'd love to see a master list somewhere. You're, you're going back and talking to secretaries and poking your head back behind doors and seeing how their offices run. Why? Because you're an administrator and you love things that happen behind the scenes. You like to know how did all this get done and, and what kind of program did they use to get it done? Was it a computer program or did they have, and how, how many team leaders do they have? You, you want to know all the organizational structure because that's the way you're, that's the way you're geared. If you're a singer, you don't know about any of those things. You're just saying, I wonder how much practice they, they had to do before the, before the service. I wonder uh, who taught them how to breathe. I wonder what, if they went to Bible college. I, I wonder how much, how much uh, practice they had uh, together with the choir, how much they did by themselves. If you're a singer, you, you pick up on that. If you're a musician, I mean, that's all you hear. Everybody else is worshiping, but if you're a drummer, man, you're hearing the licks on the drum. You're hearing the syncopation. You're hearing the, you're hearing, wow, that was pretty cool. If I, I would have done this, but I wouldn't have thought to do that. That was cool. And then, you know, well, you know what? He missed his shot right there. He could have, he got out of sync. And, and you, you immediately, because that's, that's, that's what connects to what your talents are, to, to what you're made to do. And so this is what happens. When you, when you find somebody that has something the way you want it, it's very important that, that you expose yourself to the masters. You don't want a partial impartation because with the impartation comes a little bit of them. So you want to make sure that when you receive something, an impartation from someone, that you ask God that you get the good and you don't get the bad. So let me let, me let you laugh at me a little bit, okay? So this first guy that I watched that was with my dad in the, you know, out in the grocery store, my dad sent me to go be around him a little bit. He said, I want you to see this guy. His gift is so keen. It's more keen than mine is. And I, I went to three days. I watched this guy. And he started picking up on the fact that I was watching him. He could feel me watching him. And then he started turning around and looking at me. And, and, he would, and I would start discerning with him what was wrong with people. But I was afraid because it was new to me. And so I saw that this person had kidney problems and he walked up and he said, ma'am, stand up. And then he stopped. He looked back at me and he goes, okay, what is it? Anybody else discern what this is? And I was afraid to say it. He said, kidneys. And I went, yes, I knew it. He said, I thought you said you, he heard me say it. I said, I was afraid. Why'd you say this? I was afraid. I was afraid. I was afraid. He said, well, did you see the other three other things he names? You know, I said, no, I didn't see those things. <laughs> So I was watching him, and the more that I watched him, at the end of the at the end of the of the of the three days, he did a seminar, and then he laid hands on people for impartation. And he said, "What gift do you want?" And I said, "I want all of them. <laughs> I don't want one or two. I want all of them." And he said, "Well, you need the gift of faith and the word of wisdom. That's the that's the power, and that's the direction. That's the steering wheel." So I'm going to pray for the gift of faith and the word of wisdom. And I got down on my face and said, God, I know what he prayed for, but I want them all. I'm asking you for all of them. I'm opening up my Bible right now, and I'm praying that you give me an impartation. I want all nine gifts of the Spirit. Why not? Why can't I? You said to pray for the best gifts, and I guess that covers all of them, so I'll be sure to have the best one when I need it. So that's what I prayed for. Well, he had these little habits that he would do. When he would pray for people, he would... He would He'd snap his fingers like this. Well, you know, I'm starting to pray for people and I start snapping my fingers, you know, like this. And what, what are you doing? I don't know. It just, 
kind of felt like I was supposed to do that, you know. I was done praying, snapped my finger. Well, then my dad, you know, I watched him. He took me with him on his, uh, on his uh, summer trips on summer. And when I was, you know, 15, 16, I'd go to all the camps that he was preaching. And he'd minister to people. And when he'd minister to people, he'd, he'd clap his hands above his head. In the name of Jesus. I, I don't know. You know, so I watched him pray for the sick so many times. I'm starting to. Now we're like about to start playing hopscotch or something, you know. I'm slapping my hands and, you know, snapping, snapping my fingers. And, and then, you know, there were other people that I got mentored by, you know. And then you start, your voice changes or, you know, the way you stand, you, you move differently or something like this, you know. And Brother Barnes, you know, his hand would always go out like that. So I'm going, hallelujah, you know. Thank you, Jesus. You're getting all these quirks, you know, and I'm like, you know, turning your head this way and, you know, like, what's wrong with you? I'm used in the spirit, you know. No wonder nobody wants to be operating in spiritual gifts. They're all weirdos, you know. So, so I started praying. I said, God, I really want the impartation. I know these people have great... They're mightily used of God. And I want to be used of God. And, and I want to covet earnestly those best gifts. And I want to expose my spirit to them. So that I can be mentored and trained and developed. And, and uh, I said, but God, I, I don't want all the quirks. You know? Is there any way that I, can, that I can get these gifts without getting all the quirks? I need to de-quirk myself. You know? And some of my friends would help me. You know, they would... They would when they would show up when I was doing something, they would try to, you know, hey, you can minister to somebody without doing all that stuff. And and so one of my friends was he was praying it out of me. You know, I was praying their gifts in, and he was praying them all out. <laughs> God deliver him from all that stuff, you know. And so it was it was a journey for me. It was a journey of of of, of learning and growing and finding who I was. In the beginning, I just reflected what what I got from my mentors. In the beginning, I just did it the way they did it because. I knew their way worked. And then God started talking to me about, about developing myself and not, not feeling the pressure to be successful or the pressure to be like them or to do it their way, but to be myself in God. And that's really what you need to be. Is you can receive an impartation where God can help you to get a highly developed gift imparted to you. But in that process, remember that you're still an original and that God wants you to continue to function and operate the way you do it. How it comes to you uh, and how it flows through you may be a little bit different than how it flows through them. It's a real gift, but there's diversities of administrations, diversities of operations. It's all the same God, the same Spirit that works through all of us. And so, what the Lord told me, I said, God, how do I, how do I deal with this? He said, why don't you hang around me? Then I realized, you know what? I'll take all the Jesus quirks I can get. <laughs> they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. There was something about the way Peter walked, the way he carried himself, that he was bold. And they said, you know what? He reminds us. 
who does he remind us? Oh, he reminds us of the Nazarene. He reminds us of that prophet. He reminds us of Jesus. And so I'm going to tell you, the original source of all gifts is Jesus Christ. And so the more you hang around him, the more you get it from the original source and the less of these other things that you get. Would you thank the Lord right now that you can receive an impartation from God? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But this is real. God can direct someone to lay hands upon you. And the Bible says that God revealed to Paul the ministry of Timothy. And he prophesied over him. Then he laid his hands upon him. And he received an impartation of spiritual gifts when Paul prayed over him. Laying on of the hands can release anointing into people's lives. It's more than just for healing. It's more than just for deliverance. Laying on of the hands can be for an impartation of spiritual gifts. God can speak something to me and I can discern the calling that you have and the gifts that you have. And he can say there's something else that I want to give to him that he's praying for but he doesn't have yet. I want you to go lay hands on him that he will receive that right now. And if God can give that to me, give that understanding to me, I can lay my hands upon him and he can instantaneously receive an impartation from God. And when that impartation comes, it will immediately change the way he functions and operates. It will change. Let me give you an example of how it happened for me. I was in a meeting, uh, a camp meeting many years ago, and the preacher was preaching about the gift of faith. I thought I knew what the gift of faith was. I thought gift of faith just meant you had you know, a little bit more faith than most everybody else. Just a little extra faith. It was, you know, the gift of faith means that you were kind of gifted with faith. So that when you prayed for people, you know, you had more faith than other people had in praying for people. So that's kind of what the gift of faith was. This guy started preaching about the gift of faith. And he started talking about, you know, I could lay hands on you and that would be gifts of healing. Or I could lay hands on you and God could bless you and God could deliver you. But the gift of faith is God working without me. It's, it's, it's faith filling the house. It's, it's, it's God operating all over the building. And, and he was preaching. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense to me at all. I don't understand anything about what he's talking about. Oh, well, whole place blows up. Everyone's worshiping everywhere. People are being prayed for all over the entire camp. I mean, it, there were, the whole place was an altar call. There was, not, there was no such thing as everybody come forward. It was like everybody everywhere was worshiping. And so I just started in praying for people. I walking down the aisles, and just wherever I felt directed to the Holy Ghost. And I just prayed for people. And I was praying for people and ministering to people. And God was doing stuff. And all of a sudden, and this is where those of you that don't go to our church that like to watch these Wednesday night videos, this is the real... Uh, exciting part, okay? But we're about to cut it off just for my local people to hear. <laughs> this is the mystic part. <laughs> I'm teasing. I don't know if this needs to be for everybody, but it's happened just like this. An angel flew over my head. I looked up and suddenly I saw an angel and he was flying. And he had something in his hands and he dropped it. And over t- he was high and it fell down right into my spirit. And God said, now you have the gift of faith. And this is what the gift of faith does. 
He said the gift of faith is the ability to give faith away. And he says, when you have a gift, it will explain itself to you. And I say, oh, that's why I understand what the gift of faith is now. Because I didn't have it before. It didn't make any sense. The man preached on it. I saw the demonstration of it. But the seed of that gift was in the atmosphere. And because I wanted it, I was open to it. God dropped it into my spirit and I received it. And then he said the gift of faith at its highest dimension is manifested by the apostle Peter when he walked by people and just the very shadow of Peter passing by caused people to be raised up. In other words, if you cultivate the gift and the gift keeps growing, this is what ultimately will happen is that the gift of faith will just emanate from you and people can be healed without you even praying for them or even touching them. I was like, wow, that's amazing. Then I was, I was totally enlightened and changed from that moment because I received an impartation. Now I need more training how to use it after I've received it because I have understanding for it. So when an impartation comes to you, that's how the process takes place. Does that make sense? And this is what God will do as, as we go along and as we progress as a church. There will be different degrees of, of operations in the spirit. There'll be higher levels of demonstration. And then there will be more people that will get, that will get involved as we get healthier and healthier in the process. We'll all feel, be able to feel comfortable about what God is doing because we see the transformation that's taking place in people's lives. But that coveting, that coveting, the final principle is this. When I got down and first started praying about being used of God, there were all these desires that were in me. Does anybody have desire to be used? Does anybody want to be used of God? Does anybody hunger, hunger after God and say, I want more than what I'm doing right now. I want to go to another level. Is anybody desirous of that? You see, that's the key to get you where you want to go. What is it that you're hungry for? Covet earnestly the best gifts. See the thing that's going to make the biggest impact. That's going to help you the most. Sure, there's lots of people that are gifted. Sure, there's lots of people that are used. But what's the best gift? What thrives? What are you going to thrive best on? What is the thing that you need the most to be effective? And he said, in the body of Christ, there's a lot of people that aren't flamboyant. There are aren't out in front. He said, but those are actually the things that matter the most. You know, the heart and the lungs that you don't see. Instead of the eyes and the mouth and the sound and the ears, you know, you can live, you know, without eyes, but you got to have a heart. And there's people that are the life's blood or the heart of the church that are just as valuable and many times even more valuable than those of us that, you know, get to use the mic. So, uh, it's not always just in being up on the platform. There's a lot of room for so much more that can happen off the platform, even outside the building, out there in the field where the needs are. Covet earnestly the best gifts. And then I can show you a more excellent way. <laughs> being motivated and operated by love. This will purify your desire. But here's how it operates, okay? The last principle. In... Uh, Colossians 1. It is the Father, it is God that worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. It's God that works in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. To will is the desire. Everyone say the desire. So He plants the desire in your heart to be used in a certain way. So if you have the desire... 
God put it there. It's God that works in you to want things. So if you see someone's gift that operates, oh man, that's cool. Man, I like that. That's really neat. Man, I, mm. is there something wrong with me wanting to do what they do? No, that's coveting their gift. You can't covet their car. You can't covet their house. You can't covet their wife or their kids or their clothes or whatever. But when it comes to gifts or ministry, that's cool. God wants you to. He put that desire there. He wanted to wake that up in you where you go, man, you know, really secretly, I've always wanted to do this. And I never told anybody, but that's something that God's put there. The desire. So if God puts the desire in you, it's God that worketh in you both to will and to do. He put the desire there so that you could receive the impartation. He put the desire there so you could be used in that way. So if you have a hunger, there's hope for you tonight. God does not want you to have frustrated desire. He doesn't want you to have a frustrated life of feeling like somebody else gets used or somebody else has a gift or somebody else has a place, but you don't have a place. There is a place for every single person in the body of Christ. There is a dimension of grace that God has given uniquely to you that we need you to use in the body of Christ. And that God is desirous of you to follow after and pursue after in the spirit. Would you lift your hands to the Lord and would you thank him for desire? God, I'm thanking you for passion. I'm thanking you, God, for putting passion in your people. I'm thanking you, Lord, that there's things that you put in them so that they can be used, oh God, so they can be directed in the Spirit. I pray, God, that you would help us in the Spirit tonight to find that hunger, that thirst, and begin to pursue after these areas of ministry. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Would you stand with me right now? Praise God. In preparation for impartation, before we end this spiritual gifts uh, series, we are going to have an impartation service. We're going to pray after we have given definitions and after we have showed all the different uh, aspects of gifts and aspects of ministry. I'm going to pray over you and I'm going to speak that God will equip you. This is part of my role. It's a part of my office that God has given to me in giving oversight for the body of Christ. My job is not to do all the ministry, but to make sure you're equipped to do the ministry. And so as a part of that equipping, God allows me to speak this and to pray this. And I've done this many times and I've seen it happen. So I know it's real and I believe it's going to happen for us in a special way. But I want us to be prepared. I'll tell you uh, when that service is, before it is. It's going to be a special prayer uh, a special prayer service. It'll be a commissioning service. Uh, but I, I want you to start preparing your hearts right now. That God will, God will help you to get some specific direction in your life of what you want from God. Of where you see yourself. That God will open up your understanding. Give you a picture of where you can serve. That God can give you a picture of where... You can thrive. In other words, if you could do it the way you wanted, what would you do? If you could have whatever you wanted from God, what would you ask for? If it could be, if it could be the way that you always dreamed it could be, what would that dream be? 
if you don't have a desire and if you don't have a passion for something, you can't get it. But if you're feeling a desire coming into your heart, then that's God beginning to direct you to the place that God wants you to go. Now, you may need to do this. God, my passion is to find a passion. Your goal may be to get a goal. Your purpose may be to find my purpose. And that's okay. But I want us to pray that tonight, that God will make it plain to us what His will is for our lives. Can we pray that together? Let's lift our hands in this building tonight. Father, I am asking you for your people tonight that you would help every single person under the sound of my voice, that you would help every person, oh God, that's even watching this online, that you would motivate them, direct them, encourage them. God, that you would open up their hearts, stir them up, as Paul told Timothy, to stir up the gift that is in you. Father, I am praying in the name of Jesus that you would stir up that desire, stir up that hunger, stir up that passion. Open up their mind and give them a vision of their future. Open up their mind and give them a picture of it. Help them to see themselves functioning and operating, oh God, with the full maturity, oh God, of the development of the ministry that you've given to them. Lord, for the grace that you put upon all of us, oh God, is needed in these end times. We need every single person, oh God, functioning in the body. We need every single person fulfilling their gift in Jesus' name. I am asking you, God, tonight, Lord. Tonight, prepare our hearts. Prepare our spirits. Oh God, get us ready for impartation in Jesus' wonderful name. Everybody say, in Jesus' name. Clap your hands one more time to the Lord and give Him praise. Amen. I'm never going to... I don't like to stop a Wednesday night without giving you an opportunity. If you want to come forward and you want to pray, you're welcome to come and pray. If you need to go home, I understand this is the middle of the week and you've got kids in school and jobs and all of that. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being a part of our prayer group tonight. We had a great group of people praying. We're going to keep on taking it to the next level in Jesus' name. Sunday is going to be another awesome day. Come ready to, to, to see the power of God on display in a great way. I love all of you.